lying. Oh, my God. I'm, it, it, the change of stories, the lack of preparation, the lying. The holy <laughs> Oh, Judge Marion Trump Barry. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Talking about your own brother I that way. I got the feeling that something right. Outrageous. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with From you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI. Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV. Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe on the Internet on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdon Square Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today for another thrilling edition of the world-famous Bradcast. As everything, and I mean everything right now, it is all happening at once. Everything. I suspect it will continue to happen all at once for the next couple of uh, months, at least. Um, so we ain't, we're just not going to get to everything that I want to get to today, Desi Doyen. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I know, but uh, it's always like that and, now. Uh, it is. And especially today because I want to open the phones to let you derail me, not you, Desi, everyone else derail me. Uh, with your thoughts, if you like, on last week's Democratic National Convention uh, or anything else we happen to uh, cover along the way here today, my phone number is 818-985-5735 if you would like to queue up now with your thoughts for later. Uh, so with literally everything going on at once, just 71 days from Election Day, but who's counting? Let's just start here, since God has has clearly been trying to derail the presidency of Donald Trump. You know, I know Trump said that uh, that that Joe Biden hates God. I think it's becoming clear that God hates Donald Trump. First, with the COVID crisis that prevented Trump from doing the only thing he truly loves, which is lying to adoring, cheering, brainwashed crowds at at big political rallies, then being forced to move his national renominating convention from Charlotte, North Carolina, to Jacksonville, Florida, because Charlotte was a hotspot for coronavirus, only to see Jacksonville become the same 
forcing him to move it yet again to more of a virtual convention of some type, sort of, that we'll learn about at least by tomorrow. And, of course, now that it's actually a convention week for the RNC, whatever they're going to pre- uh, present, God appears to have sent not one, but two hurricanes at once hurtling toward the Gulf Coast, smack dab in the middle of whatever is left of Trump's coronation for a second term. Really, I really think, well, God seems to be doing his or her part to derail Donald Trump at this point. Um, So, no, all eyes are not on Trump for a change, as there may be a record two hurricane eyes now barreling towards New Orleans and or Texas. And for the latest on that, we turn to my Green News Report co-host and managing editor and producer of the broadcast, Desi Doyen. Hi, Des. Hi. So not one, but two hurricanes now in the Gulf bearing down on Louisiana. Has that ever happened before? Well, so there's some specifics and some nuances to this. So if both of them had been hurricanes at the same time in the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. that would have been a record. However, they are not both hurricanes at the same time. They are both tropical storms at the same time. And that has only happened three times since record keeping began in 1851. And there was one, one of them was, in fact, a hurricane. Yes, uh, has actually, now been downgraded. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, Hurricane Marco yeah. has now been downgraded to a tropical storm. It is expected to hit Louisiana by Monday afternoon afternoon or evening. And so it's just a tropical storm now, which means that it will still bring heavy rainfall, Mm -hmm. but storm surge warnings have been canceled. However, the National Weather Service is warning that it will still bring heavy rains that will also bring flash floods. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the much more scary one is Uh, Tropical Storm Laura, because Tropical Storm Laura right now is forecast to make landfall late Wednesday or early Thursday as a Category 2 or 3 storm Mm. somewhere along the Texas-Louisiana border. So that's the good news about Marco, but the bad news is that Hurricane Laura, which will probably be a hurricane, Mm. very likely, will hit within like 48 hours after Louisiana was already hit by Tropical Storm Marco. And that is actually a record. uh, I think the historians say that the maximum amount of time between two landfalls in the United States was previously four to five days. This is going to be down to 48 hours. And all in the Gulf and all during a uh, global pandemic that also happens to be going on that makes it even harder for uh, people to evacuate into shelters. Evacuations are underway now and they're scrambling to find enough locations so that they can accommodate everybody Mm. on top of social distancing as well. So the reason why all this is happening is because the uh, Gulf of Mexico right now is record warm, providing all this fuel to these hurricanes. And why is the Gulf of Mexico extra warm? Because of man-made global warming. Ah, I see. Okay. Thank you for letting me know. I'm sure they'll be dealing with that at the Republican National Convention this week. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they'll be all over They'll take care of that. Uh, Thank you. As noted, uh, as we go to air today, and of course, you notice one of the other disasters we're skipping is the huge fires going up and down uh, the coast of California. Yes, which is also partly influenced by man-made climate Yes, it is. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, after a week of the Democratic Party's virtual national convention, we don't yet know much about what we will see in the Donald Trump Republican version. The uh, theme for this week's Republican convention uh, quipped Robert McGuire of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington is, look at the emperor's great new clothes. 
So that's probably about right. Uh, we don't have uh, we don't know much as of airtime today other than the party already nominated uh, Trump and approved his uh uh, he will be the nominee for a second term as of um, their afternoon meeting on Monday. The primetime convention show will reportedly feature a whole bunch of Trump's family members saying nice things about him. But not all of his family members, apparently. One, Mary Trump, his niece, who just wrote a best-selling book about him recently, certainly has not been invited to give her thoughts about her uncle during the RNC this year. Neither, apparently, will uh, Donald Trump's own sister, former federal judge Marianne Trump Barry. Uh, she probably won't be speaking at the RNC either. She is now on tape speaking with Mary Trump about Donald in audio that was secretly recorded and released over the weekend by the Washington Post. Uh, they didn't record it. Mary Trump did, in which uh, Donald Trump's older sister describes him as stupid, phony and cruel. Marianne Trump Barry was serving as a federal judge when she heard her brother, Donald President Trump, suggest on Fox News, quote, maybe I'll have to put her at the border amid a wave of refugees that were entering the U.S. At the time, children were being separated from their parents and put in cramped cages while court hearings dragged on. Uh, all he wants to do is appeal to his base, said Marianne Trump Barry in a conversation that was secretly recorded by her niece, Mary Trump. He has no principles, she said. None. None. And his base, I mean, my God, if you were a religious person, you want to help people, not do this, she said on tape. The 83-year-old, then federal judge Marianne Trump Barry, was aghast at how her 74-year-old brother operated as president, referring to his, quote, goddamn tweeting and lying. It's goddamn tweet and the lie. Oh, my God, I'm talking too freely. But, you know, it, it, the change of stories, the lack of preparation, the lying, the holy but he's appealing to the base. What they're doing with the kids at the border. I mean, I mean, yeah. So uh, she uh, lamenting what they're doing with the kids at the border. She guessed that her brother hasn't read my immigration opinions in court cases. In one case, she berated a judge for failing to treat an asylum applicant respectfully. Mary Trump asked her aunt on one of these uh, tapes, what has he read? She, Barry responded, no, he doesn't read. His lack of interest in reading and his interest only, apparently, in watching Fox News came up in another section of the some 15 hours of tapes that Mary Trump secretly recorded in New York, which allows secret recordings so long as one uh, party to the conversation, in this case that would be Mary Trump, is aware of the conversation that it is being recorded. Uh, Marianne Trump Barry said on one occasion in the tapes that her brother kept asking about Fox News. One day, Barry said the president called her and said, did you watch Fox News? He calls and he says, did you watch Fox News? I said, no. Why not? I said, I don't watch much television at all. Pause. What do you do? 
I read. Pause. What do you read? Books. You don't watch Fox? So there they are, laughing at the president of the United States because all he seems to watch is Fox News and doesn't bother to read. His own family members. She has, uh, Judge Trump Barry has never spoken about uh, disagreements with the president publicly, and her extraordinary uh, candid comments in the recordings mark the most critical comments known to have been made about him by one of his siblings. No one else in the family except for Mary Trump has uh, publicly rebuked the president, well, until now, as it becomes clearer yet again that the people who know Trump the best seem to like him and or respect him the least. The transcripts of the taped conversation between Mary Trump and Marianne Trump-Berry reveal the depths of discord between the president and his own sister, says the Post. At one point, Berry said to her niece, uh, quote, it's the phoniness of it all. It's the phoniness and this cruelty. Donald is cruel, she said. Mary Trump told The Post that her uncle is unfit to be president and she plans to do, quote, everything in my power to elect Joe Biden. The Post sought comment about the uh, tapes from Barry and White House officials on Friday and Saturday and did not receive a response. After the story finally posted online late Saturday night, the White House issued a statement from the president that said, quote, every day it's something else. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it, Donald? Every day, it's something else. The American people cannot imagine how that must feel. At one point uh, elsewhere in the tapes, uh, Barry said Donald is out for Donald, period. Mary questioned Barry about what he had accomplished on his own. Uh, Barry said, I don't know. Mary said, nothing. Barry quipped, well, he has five bankruptcies. In fact, uh, Trump's companies have filed six corporate bankruptcies. Uh, He's never declared personal bankruptcy. Uh, Mary replied and said, good point. He did accomplish those all by himself. Yes, he did. You can't trust him, said federal judge Marianne Trump Barry on these tapes. So, yeah, even Donald Trump's own sister knows better than to trust Donald Trump for anything at this point. And that is a sister who allegedly schemed with Donald Trump in an elaborate years-long scheme to funnel money from their father without paying taxes on it and then cut out their other brother. That would be Mary's father, Fred Jr., to cut, cut out Mary from her proper share of Fred Trump Sr.'s estate after he died. Hell of a family. They are uh, hardly the only uh, somewhat surprising voices who do not trust Donald Trump at this point and who appear to prefer Joe Biden, that uh, Joe Biden win the upcoming election. More than two dozen former Republican members of Congress, including ex-Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, endorsed Joe Biden for president on Monday, hours ahead of the Republican National Convention in a live uh, video Uh, On uh, several social media platforms, Flake explained why he plans to vote for Joe Biden and not for Donald Trump. 
He said, given what we have experienced over the past four years, it's not enough just to register our disapproval of the president. Flake said, we need to elect someone else in his place, someone who will stop the chaos and reverse the damage. It is because of my conservatism, he said, and because of my belief in the Constitution and the separation of power and because I am gravely concerned about the conduct and behavior of our current president, that I stand here today proudly and wholeheartedly to endorse Joe Biden as the next president of the United States of America. In his remarks, the former Republican U.S. Senator Flake said there is, quote, a sickness in our system and we've infected the whole country with it. Flake said it was bad enough to say that uh, in 2016 that the presidential election would be rigged. He explained now as president of the United States... Trump has said, and I quote, the only way we're going to lose this election is if the election is rigged. What kind of president talks like that, Flake asked? What kind of American leader undermines confidence in the elections in his own country? It is apparent now that the president's behavior has not and will not change, Flake added. Among the list of some 27 Republicans announced today as supporting Joe Biden are Flake, Former U.S. Senators John Warner of Virginia, former Senator Gordon Humphrey of New Hampshire, former GOP Congressman Charlie Dent of Pennsylvania and Ray LaHood of Illinois. The uh, Biden camp said in their announcement that, quote, these former members of Congress cited Trump's corruption, destruction of democracy, blatant regard for moral decency and urgent need to get the country back on course as a reason why they support Joe Biden. These four uh, these former members of Congress are supporting Biden because they know what's at stake in this election and that Trump's failures as president, have superseded partisanship. The announcement came ahead of the GOP convention on Monday and on the heels of the DNC last week, where several Republican del- uh, Republicans delivered speeches explaining their reasons for endorsing Biden, including former Ohio Governor John Kasich, former New Jersey Governor Christine Todd Whitman, former eBay and Hewlett-Packard C- uh, CEO Meg Whitman, and former Congresswoman Susan Molinari of New York. They all spoke at uh, last week's uh, Democratic National Convention. It is not only former Republican legislatures, by the way, that are now coming out to oppose Donald Trump and endorse Joe Biden. On Friday, a list of some 70, 70 national security officials who served under Republican administrations are now also coming forward en masse to oppose a second term for their party's standard bearer. The officials have served under uh, Donald Trump and under former Republican presidents George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, Ronald Reagan. The group includes Trump's former Department of Homeland Security chief of staff, Miles Taylor. He gained attention uh, last week for going public with his accounts of his interactions with Trump, charging that the president did not understand the issues at stake and frequently and repeatedly asked DHS to do stuff that was both illegal and or unconstitutional. Also uh, signing the letter uh, on Friday was uh, former CIA director Michael Hayden, former director of national intelligence John Negroponte. The officials said in a statement, which they ran as a full-page ad in Friday's Wall Street Journal, quote, while we, like all Americans, had hoped that Donald Trump would govern wisely, 
He has disappointed millions of voters who put their faith in him. We are profoundly concerned about our nation's security and standing in the world under the leadership of Donald Trump. The Republican national security officials went on to say the president has demonstrated that he is dangerously unfit to serve another term. Among the reasons they gave, uh, they said that Trump, quote, undermined the rule of law, quote, has disparaged our our our, our armed forces, intelligence agencies and diplomats. They said they, quote, believe Joe Biden has the character, experience and temperament to lead this nation. While some of us hold policy positions that differ from those of Joe Biden and his party, The time to debate those policy differences will come later, they said. For now, it's imperative that we stop Trump's assault on our nation's values and institutions and reinstate the moral foundations of our democracy, they said. And I will take this opportunity, by the way, to note that I, too, hold positions that uh, that are different from those of Joe Biden, very different. And I suspect many of my listeners do, too. That said, I also believe that the time to debate those policy differences will come later. And while I don't know when uh, later those uh, Republican national security officials were referring to, I see later as the moment after Joe Biden is sworn in as president or even earlier, perhaps the day after Election Day, Though there may be a period of time there, as we discussed with uh, Nils Gilman of the uh, Transition Integrity Project last Monday, I think it was, uh, there may be a moment when when we uh, may find ourselves in some chaos after November 3rd as we fight to make sure that every vote, every vote gets cast and gets counted as cast as per each voter's intent. So there may be a period of time after November 3 before it becomes clear whether Joe Biden will actually become the next president of the United States or not. Anyone who believes that that is a foregone conclusion at this point, either based on pre-election polling or your gut instinct or whatever it is, well, anyone who feels that way has not been listening to this uh, program very closely in any event. There are a million ways a million ways for this election to be gamed at this point by Trump and or his sycophants around the country, whether it's at the post office or in the secretary of state offices around the country or county boards of election or state legislatures. Anyone who thinks that Joe Biden has won this thing until Donald Trump actually concedes or Joe Biden actually takes the oath of office on January 20 next year, 149 days from today, but who's counting? Anyone who thinks that is whistling past a voter suppression graveyard like we haven't seen in this country in many years. So as I said, I can't get to everything today, though I do have a whole bunch of stories that I've been trying to get to regarding Republican voter suppression going on right now, underway in state after state, including some key swing states this year. Uh... I got more that I want to talk about uh, on the RNC, but uh, we got a few calls. I said you could derail me if you want, so let's go ahead and derail me. Uh, A few calls on uh, the DNC, I think. Let's go to uh, Matt in the uh, Central Valley. Hey, Matt, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Well, thank you very much. Um, Yeah, I I do um, think that, you know, at this time we have got to band together. I mean... Between the voter suppression 
and you know it is just it's a siege and you know if there's any time to just hold your nose and and <laughs> yes i i'm not a huge fan of biden but i certainly i would vote for a goat over <laughs> trump so um please everybody you know let's let's just do this and then we'll make improvements from there you know yeah Thank i hear you, you. No, I hear you. And thanks, Matt. I do appreciate that call. And I, you know, and I suspect we'll hear from, uh, as I do every day, from folks who say, well, Joe Biden is this or that, or he didn't do this or that. And that, and they're often absolutely right. That said, anything at this point that makes it more likely, more possible that uh, Donald Trump will win a second term, I believe, is ill-considered. Uh, what, you know, whether it's going out there and talking about how uh, Biden is terrible on this or that, sure, he might be. And as I say, I think there'll be a whole, hopefully there will be a whole lot of time to discuss exactly that and to get him, convince him to do the right thing, protest him, raise holy hell to make him do the right thing. When it comes to getting Donald Trump to do the right thing, well, good luck with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, getting the Republican Party at this point to do anything, good luck with that. Uh, the substance of what the uh, GOP now stands for, uh, well, I guess we'll be told what that is this week, maybe at their convention. They don't actually have any uh, and they don't actually stand for anything. Seriously, where Republicans used to at least pretend that they were for things like family values and fiscal conservatism and small government controlled at the local level, it's now clear they don't believe in any of that. They have absolutely no values whatsoever, good or bad, as a party other than cult worship and staying in power and owning the libs. Now, I'll just dis disagree with you just a little bit on this because you say they don't have any now. I think they never really did. I think all mm. of this was just a bunch of uh, claptrap and, and things that sounded good to say that voters thought sounded good and believed that they meant them. But they have never actually followed through on any of these things that they've pretended to care about. Well, exactly. Uh, I, I, you may not have noticed there, Des. I said the things they used to pretend to believe in. At least they used to pretend to believe in something. Yeah, and now, now they they're don't not pretend. even trying. Yeah. Yep. Uh, as Politico's chief correspondent, Tim Alberta, writes in a long Politico magazine uh, uh, piece headlined uh, today, headlined The Grand Old Meltdown What Happens When a Party Gives Up on Ideas? He was asked, uh, he says he was asked recently by a 17 year old student in a, uh, a Zoom appearance. Uh, what do Republicans believe? What does it mean to be a Republican? And Alberta realized he could no longer actually answer that question. He then tried to get an answer from a bunch of old time party stalwarts uh, like stalwarts from like GOP pollster and, and focus group guru Frank Luntz, uh, former South Carolina governor Mark Sanford uh, and others. And pretty much nobody could come up with nothing. Despite spending more than a decade studying the Republican Party, Alberta writes, embedding myself both with its generals and its foot soldiers, reporting on the right as close as anyone, he said, I did not have a good answer to the student's question. If you think about the Bill of Rights, 
The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, they're all about ideas. Parties were supposed to be about ideas, Mark Sanford, the former South Carolina governor, is quoted as, uh, as, as saying to Alberta here. Um, he ran a, a sh- very short-lived primary against Donald Trump in 2020. Sanford said John Adams was an ordinary guy, but he believed in his ideas. On the other side, Thomas Jefferson, he certainly didn't live up to the ideas that he espoused. But shoot, at least he talked about them. Nowadays, it's just regression to the lowest common denominator on everything. It scares me, says Sanford. You keep going this way of cult of personality, you will kill our republic. Yep. And uh, some of us, at least, have been spending many years warning about exactly that with, you know, with with without at least at least two strong, healthy political parties with strong, if opposing ideas, the entire system just goes completely off the rails. And I spent years at Bradblog.com and on the airwaves warning about that happening with the Republican Party. For many years, I was called a partisan for doing that, but I wasn't. I wasn't doing this to help support Democrats or even to help hurt Republicans. For Democrats to be their best, they need a Republican Party presenting legitimate opposition to their ideas. But Republicans stopped being about actual legitimate ideas long ago. Albertson reports at, uh, Alberta reports at uh, Politico today, it can now safely be said, as his first term in the White House draws uh, to- toward closure, that Donald Trump's party is the very definition of a cult of personality. It stands for no special ideal. It possesses no organizing principle. It represents no detailed vision for governing. Filling the vacuum is a lazy, identity-based populism that draws from the lowest common denominator that Sanford alluded to. If it agitates the base, if it lights up a Fox News chyron, if it serves to alienate sturdy, real Americans from delicate coastal elites, I guess that's me, then it's got a place in the grand old party. Brendan Buck, a longtime senior Republican congressional aide, said owning the libs and pissing off the media. That's what we believe in now. There's really not much more to it. Owning the libs and pissing off the media. That's what we believe now, said Buck. Alberta notes with Election Day just a few months away now, he says, I was genuinely surprised in the course of recent conversations with a great many Republicans at their inability to articulate a purpose, a designation, a raison d'etre for their party. It's astonishing, he writes, how conceptually lifeless the party has become on Trump's watch. There is no blueprint to fix what is understood to be broken. In the immigration system, there is no grand design to modernize the nation's infrastructure. There is no creative thinking about a conservative market-based solution to climate change. There is no meaningful effort to address the cost of housing or childcare or college tuition. None of the erstwhile bold ideas proposed by the likes of Newt Gingrich and Paul Ryan Term limits, balanced budget amendments, reforms to Social Security and Medicare, anti-poverty programs. He doesn't say they were good ideas. He says they were bold ideas. None of that has survived as, as serious proposals. Heck, he writes, even after a decade spent trying to appeal the Affordable Care Act, Republicans still have no plan to replace it. 
This is not a party struggling to find its identity. This is a party in the middle of a meltdown, he goes on to argue. It's a long article with a lot of good stuff, but uh, he didn't need to work so hard to make the case. The Republican National Committee has now made it for him, admitting literally they have no ideas as their national nominating convention gets underway on Monday. The RNC announced on Sunday that it was foregoing a new party platform for for 2020 in favor of simply rallying around Trump's agenda, whatever the hell that actually is. They have literally no platform this year at their RNC. So the GOP's platform is Donald Trump. Correct. One day before the party's convention was slated to begin, the RNC issued a resolution stating that the GOP, quote, has and will continue to enthusiastically support the president's America First agenda and that they would not be adopting a new platform until the next convention in 2024. Has that ever happened? I don't know. I'm not a historian, but I don't believe that it has. That's the actual business of party conventions these days, developing a platform. Whether the party or its leadership intends to follow it or not, but, you know, the Democrats, they had a lively debate about their own platform this year. It led a whole bunch of delegates, younger, more progressive delegates, to vote against that platform because it was not strong enough on progressive ideals and allowed too much corporate influence in the party. So they may not all agree on the direction of the party as laid out in their new platform, but at least they have one. At least they have something to debate about. According to the RNC resolution, quote, all platforms are snapshots of the historical context in which they are born and parties abide by their policy priorities rather than their political rhetoric. They stated, quote, Uh, that the RNC did not want a small contingent of delegates formulating a new platform without the breadth of perspective with the ever-growing Republican movement. On the same day as the RNC's announcement, Trump's re-election campaign released a vague bulleted uh, bullet point list of the president's, quote, core priorities for a second term, which, when I looked at it, it looks more like a campaign issues page for a candidate who has just decided to run this afternoon rather than something like a party platform. It uh, you know, lists his uh, end illegal immigration, defend our police, return to normal in 2021. That's what that's what they got. This is a party in meltdown. But they've got an election to try and steal and uh, more legal trouble uh, today for Donald Trump, which should only serve to make him still more desperate to remain in office as long as possible. Let's take a quick break. We'll uh, try to see if I have time for that. I see that a lot of you want to get in and uh, talk. That's good. Uh, You can call me at 818-985-5735. As I said, you can derail me anytime you like here. I'd love to hear your thoughts both on last week's Democratic National Convention and what you expect from this week's Republican Convention. Did you watch the DNC last week? If so, did anything surprise you about it? Did anything move your position one way or another, either uh, for uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris or or against them? Were you as struck As I was by Barack Obama's stark warning that we are now on the precipice of the survival of democracy itself. 
Uh, that's how I heard his stunning comments last week. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. And, oh, do you have a, a voting plan this year, by the way? Because Donald Trump's postmaster general, Louis DeJoy, he was testifying before the U.S. House Oversight Committee on Monday morning. He seemed to make it pretty clear that he's got no actual plans to roll back all of the mail delivery slowdowns that he has already put in place just weeks before the largest vote-by-mail election in U.S. history. At one point, he did commit to uh, uh, progressive California Congressman Ro Khanna that he would be willing to reconnect the hundreds of high-speed sorters that have now been dismantled if Congress and Trump approved just $1 billion in funding out of the $25 billion that uh, Trump's postal board of governors have requested from Congress. But McConnell appears to have no interest in passing a, a, a bill at all. Uh, like the standalone uh, bill that Nancy Pelosi called Democrats back to D.C. for over the weekend uh, to pass a, a standalone bill that gave $25 billion to the post office. Trump vowed to veto that if that is passed in Mitch McConnell's Senate. So, you know, whether there's a chance that they'll even receive $1 billion right now. Uh, seems uh, pretty hard to imagine at this point. Uh, Ernie Canning at Bradblog.com today writes about several lawsuits filed by Democratic state attorneys general uh, to force the USPS to restore the rollbacks. But Canning argues that even if a court ordered them to do so, there likely is no longer any time to do that before this year's election will be tossed into chaos. So, yeah, by the way, if you're voting by mail, Try to use a Dropbox instead of a mailbox this year rather than uh, using the post office if you're allowed to where you live. Even better, if you live like here in California, deliver it to an early voting site or to even to the polling place on Election Day where you can drop it off in person. Uh, hopefully safely, at least in uh, California, you can do that. If not everywhere, check your local listings, as they say. All right, 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At The Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com, taking your calls at 818-985-5735. Since a lot of you want to get in, I'm going to skip Donald Trump's new legal problems in the state of New York. We'll have to hold that for another day. Suffice to say, he's in trouble, and he's in the type of trouble that he cannot pardon himself out of. Let's go to Marlene in Valley Village. Hey, Marlene, welcome to the Bradcast. Hey, Brad, thank you for your show today. I really appreciate it. Sure. What's up? I'm, gonna cut to the, I'm just going to cut to the chase because I know you're short on time. Thank you. You've railed against Diane Feinstein for years, which is absolutely appropriate. I, this is my voting plan. I figure all the people in California that have voted for her forever are definitely going to vote for Biden. 
vote for Biden and Harris because I'm going to vote green this year, which I have not done since Ralph Nader. But I'm doing it as a protest vote against the DNC because I figure Biden and Harris are definitely going to take California anyway. And then the other thing I just are you, are you sure are you sure about that, Marlene? You. You ask about you ask about what we felt about the convention. Ha- hang on, hang on, Mar- Marlene, Marlene, hang on one second. Hang on, uh, are are you, Marlene? Hang on. Are are you sure about that? Are you sure Joe Biden is going to win in uh, in yeah. California this yeah. year? Are you sure yeah. that he'll win in California this year, even if more Republicans vote on election day at the polls and the U.S. Postal Service manages to uh, prevent ballots from getting to voters or getting back to the county in time to be counted? Yeah, the only way he won't he won't win is if is if the Republicans, of course, get away with everything we have talked about. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind. The other state. Yeah, that that's kind of yeah. my point, Marlene, and that's kind of yeah. why I. But I don't think that's going to happen in California. Uh huh. Did Did you think Donald that's Trump was going to Did you think Donald Trump was going to win in twenty sixteen, Marlene? I didn't vote for Hillary, so. Did you think Donald Trump no, was going to win? No, but well, I didn't know, but I. Okay. But I definitely knew the Democrats were going to take California. Okay. In 16. All right. Anyway, very quickly, you had a thought on last week's uh, DNC? I just wanted to tell you, uh, like, for me, uh, Harris, I just can't listen to her. I just don't trust her. So okay. that's me. All right. Thanks, Marlene. I appreciate that. Appreciate the call. Let me go to uh, Michael in Claremont. Hey, Michael, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Okay, my question is, what is the DNC doing on down-ticket voting? Mm-hmm. Uh, on down-ticket okay. voting? I mean, what are they actually doing? Those guys, they, they, they operate in secret also. Do, do you mean, now, uh, it's written into the uh, call screening monitor here, uh, what is DNC acting to stop voter suppression? Is that what you're referring to in particular? Also, also. I mean, they've got all this money. What are those guys doing? Well, they're voting in yeah. old people. V- voting in old people, you said? Yeah. Look, look, look at look at our Congress. Mm-hmm. How what their their ages, the composition of the Senate and the House. Yeah, but I'm that sixty seven. Yeah, I'm tired of all these old people. Let's get <laughs> some young people in there to move this country forward. Well, I hear you, and there's a lot of young people that are on the ballot this year. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of young progressive people who have unseated establishment Democrats this year, uh, like oh, Jamal right. Bowman in New York. What's that? And I'm all for that. We yeah. need to move forward. Well, yeah. Th- so I think you're confusing. Uh, the DNC with the voters. I mean, it's up to you, as far as I'm concerned, uh, who gets elected to Congress. It's not up to the parties. As to what they're doing on voter suppression, as your original question was, they have, in fact, filed dozens of suits around the country in dozens of states. Uh, they're still not as good on, uh, uh, on concerns about voting systems as I would like to see. Um, but they are taking a lot of uh, proactive action when it comes to all of the uh, uh, hurdles that Republicans are now throwing in front of, uh, of of voters to be able to cast their vote, whether it's by mail, whether it's uh, at a drop box, whether it's in person, etc. That answer your question, Michael? Uh, somewhat. I'd just like to say I think these uh, career bureaucrats like Nancy Pelosi and uh, 
Dianne Feinstein need to step aside and let some young people do a good job. All right. Well, she's, by the way, Pelosi has already said she's stepping aside in 2022. So that's on the way. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me uh, go to Bill in Lake Elsinore. Hey, Bill, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Good to hear from you. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Dizzy. Um, Brad, we must agree that, or prove me wrong on this, there's a power paradigm. Uh, FDR called them economic elitists, or royalists, which, which one he ever used, um, that are controlling behind the scenes, and we know the NMA, the FDA, the uh, energy, and the other agriculture, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think they're really behind the scenes, I mean, manipulating all of what's going on now, and they're fine with all this division to divide and conquer, and that um, they might be through with Trump, who knows. But there's no way he could have won the election anyways in a million years if it was, if it was fair and accurate voting. Do you agree with me? Uh, you mean last year, in uh, 2016? Correct. Um, yes, correct. Or at any time. <sighs> Uh, you know, I I don't know. I don't uh, I don't make uh, predictions any more than I uh, you know make guesses about things that I don't know. I do say that uh, I I do know for a fact that they never hand counted the actual ballots in the three states that gave the election to uh, to Trump last time: uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Uh, it was very, very close. I think it, it, you know, if we actually bothered to count those ballots, we might find, in fact, that Hillary Clinton won back in 2016. So I don't know. I do know that we didn't count the ballots, and I do know that Republicans try to make it harder for people to vote. That said, as to the uh, secret strings pullers uh, you refer to behind the scenes, what's that? They're not secret. They're the Economic Roundtable and uh, the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. They're chairman spokesman. Yeah. The ANA, they're chairman spokesman. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say is that it seems like it's uh, not really a secret. We see who is uh, making these decisions, we see who the people are who are making the decisions. And that's why it's important that we actually vote all the time as much as Republicans seem to do. They were able in just a few short years to change their entire party for the worse. But they were able to change the party because guess what? Republicans are scared to death of voters. Right now, Democrats are not scared of their voters, and uh, I I would like them to be in the future. Uh, Get out th- and vote, everybody. Yes, please. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate that Thank call. You, you bet. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Let's go to. Uh, Andrew in uh, the Inland Empire. Hey, Andrew, you staying cool today out there? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a blessed Western with air conditioning. Okay. Um, hey, Brad. Um, while the Republicans have given me plenty of reasons not to vote for them and Donald Trump, mm-hmm. so I won't under any circumstances, the Democrats, I think I speak for many people, and Joe Biden haven't given me enough reasons to vote for them. They haven't convinced me. Mm-hmm. And here's a way. And since the vote, since the election is so close, I think um, whether or not the Democrats know it, it's so close. I think this is the best time that we have leverage with the Democrats to commit our vote to Joe Biden, no matter what. I think is a mistake. We've got two and a half months, so this is what the Republicans or the Democrats and Joe Biden, specifically Joe Biden, can do. Yeah. He can announce ahead of time uh, a pool of people, doesn't have to be for each position, but a pool of people who will definitely be in his government, mm-hmm. in the executive branch, for uh, 
both the Supreme Court, a pool of people for selections for that, a pool of people for his cabinet, Mm -hmm. and a pool of people for his judges, other positions, and here are some people that would win me over right away, having definitely Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren in a a position cabinet spot. since uh, the Democrats have said, you know, if you that, know, just FYI, uh, Andrew, you know, if uh, he appoints Elizabeth Warren uh, to a cabinet spot, then that means a Republican governor in uh, Massachusetts will announce her replacement. Will likely put a Republican in place, and that will probably hurt your ability to have anything get through a U.S. Senate. Just FYI. Well, that's why I say. Well, that's why I say a pool of people. Okay. That way we have time that we can give input. We can do it online. Mm-hmm. We've got two months we can organize and show them a pool of people that he can select and then present to us. He still has two months. Okay. And since Joe Biden supported the Iraq war and other wars, maybe Barbara Lee in a position would uh, mm-hmm. remedy that. I like that idea. I like that idea. Hey, would be a big position too. Robert Wright, yeah, yeah, I'm all in favor of it. Andrew, I got to get to a break here. Very quickly, is there any, and I, I, I do like your proactive suggestion of saying, hey, Joe, who are you going to have in your cabinet? Uh, let us know. Who are you going to point to the uh, Supreme Court? Let us know. Uh, I like that idea. Is there any particular policy issue before I go that would make a difference if uh, Joe Biden uh, called for it? Well, yeah, like I said, Medicare for all, pull out of wars, uh, the eight wars are running, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think he's going to do that. But I think the people, I would trust the people he put in place, like Barbara Lee, like Robert Reich, like Van, uh, Van, Van Jones, Jones okay. for the environment, since they haven't supported uh, the Green New Deal. But if and- they do support the Green New Deal... Medicare for all, yeah, but put those people in, and I'm really happy. Okay, well, he's got something, you know, he and Bernie Sanders worked uh, like six different task forces uh, to develop more progressive uh, uh, proposals, among them a $2 trillion uh, climate plan that looks a hell of a lot like the Green New Deal. It just doesn't have that name on it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah. can make all the promises they want, but they still have to rely on Congress. But people, Joe Biden, can present a poll. He has absolute control over that. So we have no control over policy, and their policy platform is definitely not very good, and it's, it's worth it. They don't have right. to stick to that, and Joe Biden could, could promise anything he wants. But a pool of people that will definitely be in there, I would trust those people. Thanks. Not what he says but the poor people around him. Thank you. I appreciate that, Andrew. Appreciate that call. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on uh, the same topic. If you want, 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. You're listening to the Bradcast. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. 
You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com, taking your calls on, uh, well, last week's DNC, this week's RNC, Joe Biden, anything you like. Uh, Let's go to uh, Bill in, where am I here? Bill in Port Townsend, Washington, Washington State. Hey, Bill, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. Hey, Brad. Hey, yeah, great to talk. Um, yeah, sort of following the previous couple callers talking about why aren't there more young people uh, running for office, whatever. Um, my comment is, hey, wh- how are they going to vote? I, I went to a UPS store the other day and said, hey, you're going to vote, aren't you, to the young cashier? Oh, my parents told me that it's too late to register. Oh, what? Really? Uh, it's not too late to register, dude. <laughs> and just, oh, really? So when I went out and called them and checked and I found out, it, no, it's not too late. And I went and told them, wow, really? Okay. <laughs> but I have three kids in their 30s. Yeah. Um, and all three of them want, you know, they, they're, they're, they're my kids, so they sort of want to vote. So. Uh-huh. Um, but they all have issues with getting a, you know, a, a steady place to live, uh, I mean, they're working and they have, they're in places, but having an address and registering and getting all that done, it's complicated for them and they drop the ball. I mean, they don't vote mm. all the time, or I hope they vote at least some of the time. But I think this thing with the youth voting, I mean, they're a huge block yeah. that we're not getting. You know, I, I, I agree. And I, life. and I think that's a, a, an important point you make, Bill. Um, and there's actually one that Kamala Harris made uh, when she gave her speech. Actually, a lot of folks did. Not only is it important to register and to make sure you are registered at the address you think you're registered, and even if you think you're registered from years past, I would suggest it's a good time between now and Election Day or between now and the time your, uh, your, your mail-in ballot arrives to check your registration, make sure the, ad- make sure the registration is still there, but then also make sure that uh, your address is correct because in California and where you are up in Bill, they, uh, Bill up in Washington, they send out uh, uh, vote by mail ballots to everyone. Well, if your registration has the wrong address, you ain't getting that ballot. So uh, check that. But more important or as important as that is making sure that your friends and your family and your co-workers all do the same. This election is not going to this country is not going to save itself. You need to talk to and annoy everyone else you know to make sure they're registered and uh, that they're going to participate in this election. I think that people think this happens, you know, why don't we have more young people? Well, the reason we don't have more young people is because we don't have more young people actually voting. If we want to make a difference, we have to take action instead of waiting for everyone else to take care of it for us. Sorry about that rant, Bill. I love it. You're right on. All it's right. annoying, but they have got to talk to each other. They're, they're co-workers, et cetera. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Bill. I appreciate that call. Uh, stay cool. Stay safe up there in Washington State. Uh, let me go to Marcus. Where am I here? Marcus in L.A. Hey, Marcus. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. 
How are you, Brad? It is a great show, as always. Thank you, sir. Now, you remember that old song by Meatloaf, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad? Yeah. Well, in this case, two out of three is a death sentence. We need all three. And I tell everyone I know, it's great to win the White House, but we must take back the Senate. We have to have all three. Mm-hmm. If we don't, it'll, it'll be like Obama's last six years. Gridlock. Yep. But we must get McConnell out. We have to. Yep. You know? So Biden is great, and that's wonderful. But if we don't get the Senate, nothing will pass. He's already shown us. Yep. So two out of three is not good enough. We need all, all three. Three out of three, House, Presidency, and the Senate, and then we can move. Okay. So part one, you know, let's, let's get out pundits, commentators, politicians, and I haven't heard much of it. You know, really focus on, everyone's focused on the White House, but we must take the Senate. Senate, I hear you. Yeah, no, and we focus on it quite a bit on this show, uh, okay. various days of the week, as we will again, hopefully this week. Thanks, Marcus. You make an excellent point. I couldn't agree uh, more. Let me get. Let me see if I can get real quickly through a few more callers here. Oh, let me go. You know what? Oh, I ought to be better at this. Roger in Minneapolis. Hey, Roger. Welcome to the broadcast. Quickly, Roger. Brad. Yes, Roger. Quickly. Uh, very quickly. I am. I am. I am annoyed at the sidelining of the left by the DNC. But jumping right from that to the next on the lily pad, I can't watch the Republican noisemakers. Tonight. <laughs> oh, no. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it for you, Roger. I have no choice. So I'll do it for you, and I'll let you know if there's anything you need to know in our next uh, delightful broadcast tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. One more. Uh, let's get to uh, Mike in L.A. Mike, you got 15 seconds. Go, brother. USmailnotforsale.org demonstrating tomorrow to support a functional and non-politically uh, hampered post office. Look it up. Put in your zip code. Find a demo to go to. U.S. Mail, notforsale.org. Well done, Mike. And we'll finish off as we like to with Mo. Hey, Morrison, Long Beach. What's going on, brother? The GOP, they do have a platform, Ms. Doyen. Their platform is money is speech. Foreign money, local money, drug money, money, honey. It's all about the money with the GOP. Thank you very much. Well done, Morris. All right, well done to everyone else. My apologies to those uh, who I couldn't get to today. We will try to do this again soon (laughs) as we count down the days. Uh, Thanks to my uh, producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator today, Federico Garcia, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can also drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. We will see you there until we see you right here, hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.